Hey there, it's Pat Miller, the Idea Coach, host of the Pat Miller Show. This show is for small business owners so they can make their business dreams come true. Our slogan is Don't Grow It Alone. And what you're going to hear is a broadcast of our show that's carried in 25 cities around the country. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Hope you love it. All right, let's go. America's small business conversation is on the air. It's the Pat Miller Show. One hour exclusively for entrepreneurs to work on your business, not in it. It's time to solve problems, capture opportunities, and celebrate your wins. Powered by the Idea Collective small business community. This is the Pat Miller Show. Now your host, Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. Welcome to the Pat Miller Show, America's small business conversation. That's right. I'm a dude on the radio talking to you about your business. And we're not Fortune 500. We are solopreneurs. We are small business owners. We are the ones building our small business dreams. And on this show, we're talking about the lifestyle. And we're talking about the ups and downs, and we're talking about the fact that we don't have all the answers all the time, and we're supporting one another on our journey. On today's show, we're talking about marketing, we're talking about taxes, but I want to start with networking. Oh, man, I am fired up. Do you remember as a kid, you could grab like the matchbox car and pull it back and pull it back and pull it back and pull it back until like that little rubber band wound up all the way. Then you let it go and pew, there it went. That's how I feel today. Because earlier this week, I went to a networking event and I realized, you know, you can go to a lot of networking events and really waste your time. And I watched people there wasting their time. And I thought if someone's listening to this show, they really want to grow their business We have to talk about networking events and how to get the most out of it. So let's start here. If you're going to decide to go to a networking event, go. Meaning, don't get out your phone. Don't sit in the corner. Don't be a wallflower. You cannot engage with people in your PJ pants in your basement home office. If you're going to go. Whatever you have to do to get yourself in the right brain space to be present and engage with people, do it. For me, that's extra caffeine. <laughs> that's my that's my little hack. If I show up to a networking event and I'm not properly caffeinated, oh boy, that's not a thing. So I'm like a quadruple latte on the way to the event. So when I get there, I'm just, woo. I'm excited. I'm glad-handed everybody. I am into it. So whatever it is you have to do to make that little bargain with yourself, to get yourself ready to be present, do it. Once you're present, go talk to people. Go talk to people. Oh, I don't want to interrupt. And oh, I don't know that person. Good. Don't go to a networking event and talk to people you know. That's exactly the wrong thing. Hi, I'm Pat. I'm a radio host, and I'm the founder of the Idea Collective. Nice to meet you. Oh, Bob, what do you do? And then talk to Bob about as much about Bob's business as you can. Here's another tip. If you're going to decide to go, and you're going to go talk to people, don't 
be boring. Don't be boring. Think about something coming up in the next two weeks, like the holidays. Like, hey, Bob, what's the weirdest Christmas gift you've ever received? Or, hey, Bob, you got any traditions for the family? Like, tell me about how you celebrate the holidays. Like, come up with something to ask people. Because if you walk up and you're like, hi, I'm person, I'm selling my things. First of all, you're going to be instantly forgettable. And secondly, you're going to be boring. That's exactly who people don't want to talk to. So go there, get yourself ready, have something to say, and meet new people. Now, that might sound like, duh, but tell me you don't see that. When you go to networking events, tell me you don't see people that look like they would rather be anywhere else than inside a networking event. They're looking at their phone because all of the sudden their office is on fire and the clients need something. Baloney. Baloney. You are avoiding being uncomfortable. Put your phone away, get engaged. And I see people do it all the time. That's the first thing. The second thing, when you get the opportunity to stand up in front of everybody and introduce your business, take advantage of it. And that means having your elevator speech, or at least what you want to say, ready to go. First thing, what's the clear benefit? What do people need to know about you? I always ask it this way. If you could only tell something, someone, one sentence about your business, what do they need to know? Oh, for all your car care needs? No. Hi, I'm Pat, and... I make sure your brakes work so you don't drive off the road. Okay, you're a brake shop. I get it. Hi, I'm Pat. I serve small business owners so they can grow their small businesses and win. Great, you help small business owners. What is the one key benefit or takeaway? Lead with that because that's what people are going to hear. They will decide halfway through your speech whether or not they're going to tune out, but they'll hear the first sentence. Hi, I'm Pat. I run a pizza place. Okay, great. That's the guy that does pizza. I get it. Be clear. Be narrow. When you stand up in front of everyone, you've got 30 or 45 seconds. You don't need to read them the Gettysburg Address. Tell them what you do. Tell them how you do what you do and stay on a very narrow platform. Don't tell them everything you have going up in the business or all of the ways that they can engage with you. One, No one cares. And two, they'll never remember it. But if they know that you're the pizza guy and you do two-for-one pizzas on Thursdays, that's something they might be able to remember if you keep it that narrow. Another thing, when you're speaking at a networking event, it's a lot like a radio station because they're listening to you and there are no graphics, there's no chat, there's no email. So when you share information, share it twice. If you listen critically to a radio station, they will say something like this. Log on now at smallbusinesscommunity.com. That's smallbusinesscommunity.com. They do that purposefully because the first time you say the information, the audience isn't ready for it. If you repeat it again, they may remember it. So if you're going to share information, you're going to invite people to your website, say it twice. And it will sound uncomfortable and weird, but do it because then someone might have a chance to remember it. The last thing 
say your name at the beginning and the end of your little 45-second talk. Hey, everyone. I'm Pat Miller, founder of the Idea Collective. I bring small business owners together so they can get the help they need to grow their business. Do your speech. Thanks, everyone. Again, I'm Pat Miller, founder of the Idea Collective. Great to be here today. Will sound awkward, but the one thing that everyone forgets is a name. So say your name at the beginning and the end. The last piece of advice, if you're going to go out networking this year, if you really want to make sure that your networking events are worth a darn, if you're going to go get that ROI on networking, it doesn't end when the event ends. In fact, it kind of just begins when the event ends. I write down notes when people are doing their little stand-ups. I write down notes of all the people I want to connect with on LinkedIn after the meeting. The famous phrase of the fortune is in the follow-up is 100 billion trillion percent true. Because if someone saw you at the meeting and thought, wow, that guy's kind of interesting. I'd like to get to know them a little bit. But then the meeting ends and you don't have a quality conversation. Then you're just like a tumbleweed. You're off in the distance, never to be seen from or heard from again. But when you get back to your desk, the event doesn't end until you put the people you want to follow up with into your CRM and you send them those LinkedIn connection requests or you send them an email saying, Bob, it was great to meet you today. I'd love to learn more about your two for one pizzas. That's what all of this is about in the first place, meeting people and starting a relationship. You'll meet the people in the meeting. You'll start the relationship when you get back to the office. Last piece, bonus piece. This is important. If you don't hear anything else about networking events except for this, please hear me clearly. Do not, N-O-T, do not, 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 add people to your email list just because you met them at a networking event. Here's my card is not permission to spam me. Please, please, please don't do it. It's a bad look. Going out and meeting others is great, but make sure you show up and you're present. Make sure you have something to say and make sure you follow up. Let's talk about our marketing plan. Heather Schaefer is standing by. We will check in with her coming up next on this edition of the Pat Miller Show. Thanks for tuning in. America's small business conversation continues next on the Pat Miller Show. You're an expert in your own field, so why not get paid for it? Hey there, it's Wendy Babcock. My VIP paid speaker program is just the ticket you need to convert your knowledge into real income. No matter what size group you're speaking to, or if you don't have any products, books, or programs to sell, even if you're not a celebrity or a household name, from crafting your talk to finding and booking paid speaking gigs, get it all with Wendy's VIP paid speaker program. Keynote speakers can make anywhere from 2500 to 7500 bucks a talk. Together, we'll not only amp up your speaking game, you'll discover the ins and outs of finding and booking those lucrative gigs and get paid every time you step on stage. Right now, get 90 days of full access to the Paid Speaker Vault and a direct line to Wendy, plus a bonus, an immersive three-hour VIP day with Wendy to create your online profiles that event hosts simply can't resist. Don't wait. Sign up now at VIPPaidSpeaker.com. VIPPaidSpeaker.com. 
Now, America's small business conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to The Pat Miller Show, America's small business conversation. And this month seems to be all about next month and next year, because for many of us, 2023 is in the books and we need to turn our attention to 2024. And part of that is creating a marketing plan so you don't need to guess as the year goes forward. But where do you start and how do you build a marketing plan that works for you? That's what we're talking about today. Joining us is Heather Schaefer, strategic branding coach and designer for Branding You Big. Heather, welcome back to the Pat Miller Show. How are you today? I'm doing well. It's good to be here. I'm glad you're here because we have so many questions about getting 2024 set up in the right way. And I love the way that you break down planning for your marketing. So how do we set up a 2024 marketing plan in a way that all of us can understand? Yeah, that is a great question. And this is the time when we all should be um, and hopefully are already planning because this is the time rather than waiting until January to do that. So. I really have a three-step, pretty simple, basic process to get started because rather than look at a blank piece of paper and freak out (laughs) at what we're supposed to put on that piece of paper, I think that it's really great first to consider what did 2023 look like? What did last year look like? And how is how is that influencing your decisions moving forward? So what went well? What didn't go well? And then look at the the upcoming year. What would you really like to focus on in 2024? What would you, what are those big rocks? I like to call them the big rocks you want to put in your bucket first so that you make sure that you have a focus for for your year. And then, you know, if you've ever seen that analogy of the big rocks and the little rocks, the big rocks go in first so the little rocks can really all fit. So look at your your upcoming year. What's your focus look like for the upcoming year? And then the third step in that process is really start to look at what are the unique features of your offerings, of your business? How do you show up in, a, in the best way for your client? And what are they really looking for? Find that sweet spot for what you can deliver what your clients are looking for and really map out a plan for 2024 so that you have a have a thought process and it's really strategic and intentional and you are not throwing spaghetti against the wall to see to see what <laughs> sticks that's always a good place to start right let me ask some questions on this so step 1 is what worked in 23 and what didn't 24 would be our goals and then also what's that sweet spot so let's go back to evaluating 23 mm-hmm. it's not always just what sold and what didn't are there ways that we should think about 23 for successes and failures absolutely you know how how did 2023 feel for you as a business owner did it feel smooth did it feel chaotic um did you always feel like you were shooting from the hip or did you feel pretty steady through the process? Um, maybe even too looking at, did you work with the types of clients that you really loved working with? And what were those clients like? Um, that's, I think, also a good framework to put around evaluating 2023 because it's important on how you are feeling about your business, how you're, how you're showing up for your business, and then and then, of course, the sales and the delivery and 
client satisfaction, all of those things. But I think we need to take into consideration how we felt about business too. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about 24 goals. Mm -hmm. When we're thinking about the marketing goals, again, that might not be sales. You can have marketing goals for platform growth or engagement or newsletter subscriptions. Can you share some of the marketing goals that your clients put on their agenda? Yeah, definitely. So I think really looking at that goal in terms of, you know, is there an area or an audience that you want to kind of break into a little bit more? Do you want to um, be more present? For example, do you want to have a more regular blog? Let's just use that as an example. I'm working on that for a couple of clients right now where, you know what, I want to make sure that I'm really consistent with my blog and then that I'm really consistent in emailing out to my, my email list that I'm producing a blog. So communicating that way, you know, what are the goals that you really want to set up that you start to position yourself more as an expert in your industry and how can you do that? Um, and so that could take the form in email campaigns, blogs, um, obviously social media, being present maybe more in LinkedIn, leveraging the newsletter feature in LinkedIn a little bit more. You know, what's going to help you achieve the marketing goal that you're looking for and really hone into that part of your goal. We're talking with Heather Schaefer from Branding You Big about 2024 marketing plans and how to build it. We talked about evaluating 2023. We talked about what 24 goals might be like, but I want you to use this last differentiator section because this is what you do so well. Share with us this sweet spot concept. Can you think of one of your clients that just really owns their differentiator so we can understand what you mean? Because it's not just having a funky name or a logo. It's about having the courage to do something different. Can you think of a client or someone you've worked with that makes you go, oh yeah, they've got this part nailed? Yeah, I think, um, gosh, um, I since I've been in this mode with working with my clients right now, this is great. So I think of one of my clients right now, and she um, is a chiropractor, and she's also a fertility coach and works in that holistic space. And she really has honed in on her unique aspect. Being she doesn't just treat her her clients, her patients as a number, as a checklist or a medical chart. She really gets to know them and they feel that difference. And so that's definitely a sweet spot that we've put her in as we move into 2024 is that that's really going to be a showcase and a something for us to shine the spotlight on for her because her her competitors are not doing that. They're just checking off the list, checking off the boxes things like that. And she really shines in that area. So that's definitely a unique edge that we are focusing on for her. Yeah, that's a great example. Now let's make all of this come to life. When we go into 2024, how do we plan out the marketing plan? Is it the same message every day, all year, or does it change as the year goes forward? Mm. So really, that's why having your goal to start with your whole marketing plan is so important because every time you're creating content out there, you want to always be checking in. Am I delivering content that's getting it, that's focusing on that goal that I've got kind of, I, I think picture it at the top of my page. It's the goal at the top of the page. And each time I'm showing up, 
No, your your content is not going to be exactly the same. You want to mix it up. You want to add value. Position yourself as the expert, but continually using a call to action or something that's going to drive the results towards that goal is really important. So having a a large overarching goal, as well as then breaking it down into each quarter and then breaking it down into each month and each week, and then what you need to do, what action steps you need to be taking each day to still deliver those results that leads you closer to your goal. Setting a 24 marketing plan feels overwhelming, but it gets a little bit easier when experts like Heather Schaefer show up. Heather Schaefer, branding you big. Thank you so much for coming on this edition of the Pat Miller Show. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's really fun. It's always fun talking with you, Pat. America's small business conversation continues next on the Pat Miller Show. Are you a woman who needs to protect and grow your business? Or do you have a secret dream to start one? I bet you do. If you don't have a lawyer on your side, you may be putting your family and personal assets at risk. I know, I know. You might be avoiding lawyers because they seem overwhelming or intimidating. That's why you have to meet the team at Athena Legal Solutions, LLC.com. This all-woman team of talented lawyers are the most approachable, knowledgeable, and friendly team you'll ever meet. They exist solely to support women business owners who often go without the legal support they truly need. In 2023, they want to help 223 women create a solid legal foundation for their business. The first 100 women who mention this ad will receive over $100 off of their LLC starter package. Visit Athena Legal Solutions LLC.com. Now, America's small business conversation continues on the Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to the Pat Miller Show, America's small business conversation. And one thing that I'm trying to get better at is handling money. And I know it's something that really is the bane of many small business owners' existence. But today, we've got good news, potentially. The tax bracket dollar amounts are changing for 2024. And this is going to affect how much money and how much tax that we pay. The problem is I can't explain it. We got to bring in an expert to explain what happened and what we need to do about it. So joining us today is Arthur Lee, founder of Alliance Tax in Wisconsin. Arthur, great to see you, my friend. Welcome to the Pat Miller Show. How are you today? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me, Pat. I'm glad you're here. Now let's talk about what happened. The tax brackets changed. What changed and what does it mean? Well, the changes begin January of 2024. So basically what it means is they've expanded the tax bracket so that uh, if you were, if you make the same amount of money you did in 2024 that you did in 2023, you might be able to stay in a lower tax bracket. Uh, I think for married following joint people, uh, the 10% tax bracket uh, went up by about $11,000. So that means you can make $11,000 more money and stay in the same tax bracket. Uh, the 20, the 12% tax bracket went up by about $18,000, same type of thing. And then I know the 22% tax bracket went up about $22,000. So that means you can make $22,000 more money and stay within that same tax bracket. Uh, so that's, that's what it means. Now, tax brackets are different than your effective tax rate. 
And your effective tax rate, which really was what's important, is your amount of taxes you pay divided by your tax taxable income. Amount of money you amount of taxes you pay divided by your taxable income. That's your effective tax rate. And that's what's really important is that's what you're really paying in taxes. These brackets, their general use, you know, is good to know, but it's the effective tax rate that matters. Okay. I want to ask more about that because I think I know what you're talking about, but I want it to be crystal clear. But before we get to that, why did this change? Why did the numbers go up inside the tax brackets? Well, I believe this this year it went up uh, mainly for inflation purposes. I think the uh, Congress was trying to uh, match some inflation, and so uh, that that's why it went up. You know, but then again, you know, <laughs> ask Congress, you <laughs> might get a different answer. Yeah, there's been some changes with the tax brackets and tax law. So we brought on uh, Arthur Lee from Alliance Tax. So you say the difference between the brackets and the effective rate and the effective rate is what we need to be aware of. Talk to me as a small business owner, because as an individual, as a uh, husband filing jointly, I understand tax brackets. But when you say very clearly that the effective rate is what we need to pay attention to, uh, explain the difference one more time, because I want to make sure I get that. These tax brackets are, generally speaking, you'll be paying this percentage of tax if you're within these within these two dollar amounts. But your actual amount that you're going to be paying is what's called the effective tax uh, rate. That is the amount of taxes you paid last year divided by your taxable income. That's your effective tax rate. So you might be in the 22% tax bracket. But because of deductions and credits and other things, your effective tax rate might only be 15%. And that's what's really important and what you want to, what you want to, uh, look at when doing tax planning, which you should be doing, especially if you're a business owner making over a hundred thousand dollars, especially net profit over a hundred thousand dollars. You want to be doing tax planning throughout the year, at least quarterly so that you're not paying a lot of money come April 14th. This makes a lot of sense because I understand now the brackets, but let's talk about the tax planning because when you're running a business, you want to make as much money as you can. And I don't think anyone wants to talk about taxes, but if you're proactively tax planning, what does that look like? What is the process like? What are the questions that you're asked and how does it really help you save more money? Well, we're looking at, you know, where you are today, let's say, you know, November 21st. You know, what's your, what is your income, that income look like right now? Then we'll take a look at uh, projecting for the rest of the year. Okay. Once we do that, then we can go and say, okay, based on other income you might have, you might have rental property, your spouse might be working, you know, having a W-2 and adding all those things together. What do we think your liability is going to be? Now, with that said, what we come down when we think your liability is going to be now, what can we do to reduce those tax liabilities? You know, can we get you into an S corp? Can we move you, uh, into a, a simple IRA or can we get you into a solo 401k? A lot of different options for you, uh, that will help reduce your tax liability and basically take, take cash from one pocket, put it into the other pocket <laughs> and write it off as an expense, which we loved. Yeah. And it's not just 
saving taxes, like you say, it's kind of investing in your future. It's it you're going to pay this money one way or the other. You might as well pay it to yourself. That's a different way to think about what we do with the money that we make as a business owner. That's very true. Uh, to me, it's when you talk about tax planning, you're talking about how can I save this money, but not save it so I can go blow it on something else. How can I save it and put it away for my future? That That's important. It's the saving and then the investing part that really matters. All right. I want to ask an adjacent question about Roths and when you're investing and the tax implications of investing in a Roth type plan that pays the taxes up front. As a tax professional, is that something that you think we should be paying attention to or is that just uh, a gimmick? It's part of it. No, the Roths are definitely part of of uh, of saving money on taxes in the long run. Remember, a Roth IRA that you put, you put the money in, you're not really uh, writing it off. The money that, that you make within the Roth IRA throughout the years is tax-free once you take it out, uh, as opposed to a regular IRA. But before you do the Roth, think about, especially if you're a business owner, think about like a solo 401k with a match by the business. I mean, we have 401ks here where, you know, you can put money into, you can, through the IRA, I mean, through the 401k, then the company can match up to 3% and all of it's written off. Wow. You know, and you're saving for the future at the same time. The other thing you want to take a hard look at is whether or not you should hire your children. Uh, children can be hired uh, to do marketing uh, and other, uh, other things and be paid upwards of $10,000 and not have to pay taxes on it. And yet it's a business write-off for you. So basically it's a business write-off. You take the $10,000 you put into the child's 529 plan for college. Yeah. A lot of different options. When we talk about these strategies, people may think, ooh, I, I need to learn more about that. I mean, it's not something that's frequently talked about, these tax strategies and the ways that we can keep more of the money that we're earning. As a tax professional, do you just shake your head and get sad when you see people that aren't thinking about this, knowing that they're just giving away money they shouldn't have to give away? Well, I think it's an educational thing. You know, uh, yes, I get I get sad. <laughs> I don't have, hold my head and cry about it, but <laughs> it is unfortunate that I see people uh, all the time, you know, that are not taking advantage of the tax code that's a, that's available to them. And I believe that everyone should pay taxes. Don't get me wrong. You know, I like roads and schools and military. I like all that, but only pay what you really should pay and don't be paying too much more. Last question, I guess, and this is a softball for someone that does what you do. I think everyone realizes they need a bookkeeper. They need an investment person probably, but having a tax person in their life, I would imagine you would pay for yourself if someone was talking with someone like you each quarter. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, I, I'm not I know we're not here to talk about um, Alliance tax, but, you know, we guarantee that if you, uh, we can save you at least $10,000 in tax savings or our tax plans are free. So that type of thing should be available to everyone. Uh, tax planning should be part of your monthly bookkeeping and accounting. You know, I mean, you can roll it all together. Uh, so monthly, good monthly books, quarterly tax planning, tax savings, you know, it all should be rolled together. 
it's a great conversation and something we should be considering, especially as we go into 2024 with new tax brackets to be aware of. Arthur Lee, founder of Alliance Tax in Wisconsin. Thanks for coming on the Pat Miller Show. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Pat. Appreciate it. I love talking with Arthur Lee because he answers the questions about taxes and money in a way that feels approachable to me because the topic is so important. We have to stay on top of it or else. In our next segment, we're going to turn our attention to two other completely important yet kind of boring topics, legal and insurance. Now, Pat, why in the world, why are we going to talk about legal and insurance? We're going to talk about legal and insurance because they are supremely important. In fact, the next segment could put you out of business if you're not paying attention. That's how important it is. Do you have contracts? Do you have an umbrella policy? Do you have errors and omission insurance? Do you have all that stuff on lock? Do you know where the documents are? Have they been signed? Are your payments paid? All of those things, any one of those things could put you out of business. It's an important topic. We will address it coming up next on this edition of the Pat Miller Show. America's small business conversation continues next on the Pat Miller Show. Developing your business is a journey. So make sure and bring along a trusted sidekick. As your business grows, Sidekick Accounting will be there. Sidekick Accounting's core services help take the confusion out of bookkeeping, tax preparation, and tax planning. Who's going to keep track of all those pesky receipts and invoices? Well, Sidekick Accounting has things covered as you grow your version of business success. So whether your small business is a side hustle or a conduit to freedom and owning your own business in time, get in touch with a trusted Sidekick. Sidekick Accounting. There are expert advisors waiting to hear from you now. Feel free to call or send a text message to 414-310-7689. That's 414-310-7689. You can find them on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, or visit Sidekick-Accounting.com. Remember, developing your business is a journey, so bring along a trusted Sidekick. Now, America's Small Business Conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to The Pat Miller Show. This is America's Small Business Conversation. And as your host and leader of the small business community, the Idea Collective, I have to talk about this upcoming topic to make sure you're paying attention to it. However, I am not an expert. I am not a lawyer. This is not legal advice. You need a lawyer in your life or else. Every small business owner needs a lawyer. And Athena Legal Solutions, our sponsor, Carolyn Yonke, literally does this for a living, and she's amazing. So if you don't have a lawyer, reach out to Athena Legal Solutions. She'll hook you up. But I do want to talk about legal topics. So are we cool? Do you understand I'm not a lawyer, but this is important stuff? Cool. Great. Let's start here. When it comes to legal issues, if you don't have it buttoned up, It could really ruin your business. And I want to talk about payment terms, partners, liability, and scope of work. And we're going to start with partners. If you and a buddy decided to open a business and you don't have a legal agreement, stop. Just stop. Stop. Because it's only a matter of time. Like I could start my little stopwatch. Boop. I could start my stopwatch. It's a matter of time. Until you have a business dispute 
that definitely ruins the friendship and could end up in court. Partnerships are fraught with misunderstanding, with inequality of effort, with a a vision that isn't shared. If you don't have a partnership agreement written, signed, in the vault, you're just playing with fire. You absolutely have to do it. Oh, no, it's my best friend. I've known him for 30 years. Well, that's how you don't know them for 31 when you don't have a partnership agreement. I am begging you, begging you on my hands and knees, looking up at you with my fingers clasped, please get a partnership agreement if you don't have it. The second thing about legal stuff would be clearly defined contracts. And inside those contracts with your clients, it in, it's got to include payment terms. It must. In the Idea Collective small business community, we did the Idea Slam earlier this week, and we had a client or a, a member that was dealing with a client that just wasn't paying their bill. Just decided, you know what? I'm not going to pay you. And they didn't have an agreement. So they didn't have any recourse. There were no payment terms. There were no penalties for late payment. And they were pretty much at the whim of the client to get the money that they deserved, but they didn't have an agreement. Liability needs to be addressed inside your legal agreements. You have to have some sections in there about where liability begins and ends. And then the other thing about agreements with your clients that it has to be in there, you got to clearly define the scope of work. You've heard the phrase scope creep before, and agencies can definitely uh, probably go off for about 10 minutes about this. Scope creep means you keep on doing more and more for a client. Then you look up one day and you're doing way more for them than what they're paying you to do. Scope creep. But if you have your scope of work clearly defined inside your agreement, which you're going to have with your clients moving forward... You can point back to the contract and say, hey, Bob, uh, these are the four things we agreed I would do. If you want me to add five, six, and seven, I could, but it'll cost this much more. It is for your protection. It also adds clarity to what you're doing for the money that you're receiving. You got to have your scope of work. You got to have your liability and payment terms inside your agreements. And like I say, You have to have a written agreement with every single person you do business with. Ah, we're friends. No, you got to have a written agreement with everybody that you're doing business with. Now, I will sandwich this segment by saying hashtag not a lawyer. Find one. Call Carolyn Yonke at Athena Legal Solutions if you need to. But these are just common sense things you need to be aware of. Because if you don't have your contracts, you're going to be in a bad way. We got to turn our attention now to insurance. Now, again, not an insurance agent, but these are some insurance things you need to be aware of. When you do business, you can get sued for pretty much anything. Anything. Anytime. You can get sued. You know what? I don't like that tie. I'm going to sue you. Now, will they win? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Because now you're getting sued. So insurance and legal are important topics. And because you can get sued at any time, you're at risk anytime. And the way that we offset that risk is having proper insurance. If you're a consultant, you need to have errors and omissions insurance, E&O insurance. 
If you're a consultant or a coach and you don't have that, you need to go find out about it. It's one way that you can try and protect yourself when you're giving advice to other people and they are operating their business based on that advice. Errors and omissions insurance, don't do business without it, especially if you're a coach or a consultant. Another area of insurance that just freaks me out completely is data and cyber insurance. What happens if you've got, let's say, a database of a thousand people? What happens if someone hacks that database? You could be liable. What happens if someone gets into your computer and locks you out unless you pay them? It happens. And if you think, ah, I'm a small business, that wouldn't happen to me, it does. Sadly, it does. And do you have a million dollars sitting around to unlock your computer? No. Okay. You need cyber insurance. Think of the option and the choice you'd have to make. Someone hacks into your business, which if you're like me is a computer or two, locks you out. And then you have to make the choice, lose everything or unlock the computer because fortunately you have insurance. So errors and omissions, super important. Data and cyber, super important. And then another thing that my insurance agent sold me because it just makes so much sense and it goes back to the fact that anyone can get sued at any time for any reason is umbrella insurance. Basically, this is a policy that lays over everything that gives you additional financial protection in case something bad happens. Might seem like overkill, but it's a couple of bucks a month and it's a peace of mind that helps me sleep at night because people do weird things when it comes to suing one another And I really don't want to lose my entire business because somebody else wanted to come after me. So after our talk with Arthur and taxes, steamrolling right into legal and insurance doesn't make it the most fun Pat Miller show of all time. But this is all stuff you have to have buttoned up. You have to have it buttoned up or you could lose everything. On that cheery note, we're out of time for this week. I look forward to continuing our conversation inside smallbusinesscommunity.com. I'm Pat Miller, founder of the Idea Collective. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you right here next week. Thanks for listening to the Pat Miller Show. See patmillershow.com for more information on today's guests, events, and the Idea Collective small business community. A worldwide group working together to fight fear, inexperience, and isolation for small business owners everywhere. Join us next week for the Pat Miller Show. And remember, get clear, work hard, and never quit. Guests on the Pat Miller Show have agreed prior to appearing that they are receiving consultation and advice that they may or may not use at their own risk. No part of the show should replace accounting, tax, or legal advice.